0: Good morning, this is Craig KXFM 104.7 Rainbow Radio here in Laguna Beach. It's a beautiful day and the way in it was 65 degrees and I understand from the National Weather Service it is not the temperature out there in this in the Texas southwest, uh, south, actually southwest of here and actually east of here in Palm Springs. It's in the hundreds, 110, so we again are spoiled rotten here in Laguna Beach and uh I don't know why more people aren't coming here and relaxing, you know, in this mild Mediterranean climate we seem to have here that we are so happy to share with anyone who's interested, you know. So that brings me to the weather. Let's uh, talk about what it is today. Partly cloudy skies. Expect mist. I did see that. Mist was in the air this morning and reduced visibilities at times. A high of 76. Oh, I think we can handle that. (laughs) Winds west northwest 5 to 10 miles an hour humidity humidity is 76% so we'll maintain our fabulous complexion and um that's uh, that's for today tonight will get down to 64 the rest of the week it is same old same old partly cloudy in the morning and uh less uh 5% chance of rain <laughs> so no rain and just beautiful uh I guess August to September. See you in September. Yes. Uh, okay. Enough of that, Craig. <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, I have a guest this morning. I'll just jump right in here. He beat me to the to the station, uh, even if it's technically t- technically. And um, he he was I think he was a little nervous. What are you going to talk about? Well. Remember when your probation officer called me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We won't talk about that. <laughs> Daniel, your your microphone, I think, is muted, so why don't you unmute and come on board here. Good morning, Daniel. How are you?
1: Hi, good morning, Craig. Doing really well. How about yourself?
0: Fine. Where are you located?
1: So I'm based here. I'm in San Jose, California, so a little bit further north than you all. Um, I'm based out of Stanford, which is in Palo Alto, California. Oh, I know
0: it well. hmm yeah.
1: And we we are having I think somewhat similar weather here. It's around Really? 60s. It's gonna get to the eighties. So it's gonna get a lot hotter pretty soon. So I'm 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 taking it in while I can.
0: <laughs> well that's good. I um uh, I had my country my the, the, in my childhood we were the country cousins and the city cousins and the city cousins lived on um five two five East Meadow Drive in Palo Alto and we uh my uncle worked for Lockheed. And so he was very technical, and we always had to go to all these technical things. And my aunt worked at Stanford in the admissions office. So I know the area well. And my childhood grew up part of my childhood there in Stanford. It's a beautiful area. Uh, It's had some challenges lately, I understand, um, with, I don't know, like every larger city is having, I suppose. Yes, but, yes. Yeah.
1: No. No complaints. It's gorgeous. There's where our offices. There's trails for hiking nearby. We're we're not quite on campus. We're in Research Park, but uh, yeah. absolutely no complaints.
0: <laughs> so if you're wondering what uh, what the premise is that we have Daniel here this morning, he is part of the PrideStudy.org, uh, and it is an affiliation with the All of Us program. It's a research program, and I can't go on long enough about this research program. And I'm, gonna, I'm going to bore you with a story, Daniel, that I think validates a bit, uh, somewhat of what all of us is doing for humanity. Uh, not all that long ago, with the advent of computer, we can take what seems dissimilar information and simulate it in some kind of order and it becomes meaningful. All of a sudden you have an aha moment. Well, there was some information that had perplexed people for, I suppose, decades or centuries. Where does the Brazilian uh, rainforest or the rainforests of South America? Where do they get all their nutrients? It's it seems to just have this ongoing, thriving cultural life of itself, and it's it. I mean, there's just so many nutrients that can be out there in that environment, in that uh, geophysical environment, I suppose. And uh, that was one item, okay. And then uh, another item when when they started when satellites became came into use they started looking at the trade winds and they started thinking well maybe they're brought by the trade winds that's the only other thing you know that, that might be there to import them um you know into uh the community and so um with that <laughs> Where are the, if, if they're bringing moisture and nutrients, where are those nutrients coming from? Well, with take this dissimilar information. Long story short, and I better make it short because we only have so much time. Uh, along the west coast of uh, Africa, in South Africa, there is a lot of nutrients that have, have dropped to the bottom of the ocean. And with the new weather cycles, they're kind of being scurried, scourged up, I suppose. I don't know if that's the right word. And they're coming to the surface, and as they come to the surface, the trade winds pick them up, these very, um, I don't know, basic nutrients, and they're carried by the trade winds around the world. <laughs> and all of a sudden, this aha moment, they looked at what is the relationship between trade winds and nutrients and the environment and the oceans and all of this just what seemed dissimilar information made sense. And I think that the efforts with UCI and all of us as they're taking all this information that may seem similar with all kinds of people and all kinds of cultures, all kinds of DNA and medical, uh, I guess, backgrounds and putting it into a repository where they can use it, hopefully, and make that discovery, like where the nutrients came from to South America, you know. And so and I, I feel like it's a very, very honorable endeavor. and. Uh, one that needs, is worthy of a lot more notoriety than what I feel it's getting. And and, and you can't see it here, but Daniel is nodding his head <laughs> quite frequently on my, on my long dissertation here. Uh, so they set up, uh, just to give you a little more background, my listener, about what all of us is about, they set up a um, repository, I guess you could call it, of, for this information. And they decided a very, a very um, I guess, grand number they put out. They wanted a million, uh, a million volunteers to give their medical history. No. Well, they got uh, 500,000 so far. And they still need another half a million, 500,000 more. And that's where we are. So I'm I'm amazed they got this far with 500. But maybe the first 500 is a lot easier than the second 500. Who knows? But so with that, I got interested and I got a bit involved with all of us and started learning more and more about the organization. And lo and behold, this brings Daniel Moretti, who is a community engagement lead, and he uses all pronouns. Just to be sure, which I think that's great. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, I hear. Well, what's your pronoun, and don't get it wrong. <laughs> so you can get your pronouns wrong with Daniel. It's it works however you want to work. Take them all. And so did I cover? Did I cover what's kind of going on in your yeah, words?
1: Yeah, and um, I, I really like the analogy that you provided with the all of us research personnel that. If we don't have the information, then we won't know about what are those connections, what are those medical associations. And the thing with all of us is that in that very ambitious effort to gather data from a million or more Ow. people, really a big Ow. focus is on. Excuse,
0: uh, can you mute your mic? Sorry. I'm oh, no, problem. no yeah, problem. He needs to mute his uh, mic.
1: It's, it's, it's my daily occurrence on Zoom calls all the time. So. <laughs> It's usually me that needs to be on mute or unmute. Uh. <laughs> uh, so with the the uh, building a million or more people that are participating in the program, really the focus is on individuals who are underrepresented in biomedical research. And when we say that, what we mean is uh, people of color, uh, people living with disabilities, and of course, LGBTQI plus community members, where um other clinical research or other research studies really have not centered those voices have not they have not been represented in the data and what that means is that we have less tailored health care less less information about the health experiences of those communities and so really what by having this rich very diverse database it's helping to push forward the notion of precision medicine which is breaking out of a one size fits all for medication. Oh, so we're yeah. not saying here's the medication. This works for everyone. Here's a treatment. The shot, the shotgun
0: treatment is. is what it really has been. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's instead thinking what's the right treatment for the right person at the right time. So um as you were mentioning, we're, you know, about halfway at our goal. Who we're missing is you, all of our listeners <laughs> that, you know, do not know yet or have not yet thought about participating in all of us. So it's definitely a, a very ambitious
0: and ongoing effort now on participants is there um like i i have a landlady and i think she's um she's 78 she said well they don't want my information i said no i think they do is 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 that right
1: (laughs) Yes, that is right. When we say all of us, we really mean all of us. And the 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 work that PrideNet's doing is we're making sure LGBTQIA plus community members know about the program. We're making sure that the program is culturally competent to work with LGBTQIA people in a respectful way. But you don't have to be a member of the LGBTQIA plus community to participate in all of us. is open to anyone in the U.S. age 18 or older. Pretty soon, it will be they're looking at enrolling under 18. But for right now, 18 or older and anyone in the U.S. or its territories. Um, wow. The really, yeah, the really great thing is, is that there are partners across the country that are doing engagement for all of us to make sure that their local communities know. And I know um, uh, where you all are, or in the Laguna Beach and Orange County area, um, all of us at University of California, Irvine, is really the local partner that has eight clinics throughout the area, and also there's ways to get in touch with them directly. Um, I could plug their information later so everyone <laughs> knows how to get in touch with them, but it's great because it's that's not unique to the Orange County area. Um, there are health provider organizations participating in the program where individuals can go um, if they choose to provide their biological samples, that they can go to those centers, and also um, really connect with the program in person for some of those steps throughout the country. So, yes, we do want your um, land person to participate. We want everybody.
0: Okay, I'll, I'll be sure and tell her. Uh, something else that I think speaks to the uh, underserved, ad, I guess, uh, comment you made about um, the or underrepresented, underrepresented LGBTQ community in uh, L.A., they have the L.A. Center, which is has a big medical division to support uh, the medical needs of the LGBTQ+++. And also in Orange County, there is Radiant Healthcare, which is a big organization down here. And they're very similar in what they do to provide services to the LGBTQ community. And particularly the L.A. is there's a waiting list that's huge. And there's so many people because... That, that medicine is a bit more specialized in, and I think uh, maybe perhaps it's more the sensitivity part of it that's important that they don't feel they get uh, in the mainstream, I suppose, if you will. And that's, that is an important part, but also there are special uh, con- considerations to be made for the LGBTQ community, uh, especially when it comes to trans uh, issues and those which are... They've always been there. It's just they haven't been visible as much as uh, as people want to acknowledge. So, you know, it's uh, to to what to get this information regarding those communities in available for research and available for these services that provide uh, to those communities, which is Radiant and um, the LA Center. It all kind kind of comes full circle. Uh, in my mind, to to, to help everyone, I, I find it fascinating. And and that um, when you apply things <laughs> with computers, which which is just such dissimilar information, put it together, and you you come up with something uh, that's you know an aha and very re- revealing moment. I there is a lot of opportunity here in Orange County, of great a great number, and, and there's so many. I feel people in the LGBTQ people, in the community that, um, socially there's, uh, there's only one club supposedly, but there's a lot of social organizations within the community that can be tapped into and, um, can bring a lot of, um, more response, a lot better representation. Uh, my radio program has been on the air now for six years and I do have a following and the station does have a following. And to some degree, uh, you know, I I well I should ask you this, too. I mean, I do have some Midwestern followers that, um, is, is there any reason if you're in the Midwest you couldn't uh, subscribe to all of us uh, remotely? No,
1: not at all. It's where we truly are all across the country and all the territories. We actually, at PrideNet, we have a uh, regional community engagement coordinator who's based in the Midwest. And they focus on making sure that they're, um, reaching all of the Midwest community to and to engage with the program, learn about the program. So wow. truly, it could be done anywhere across the country. And the nice thing with all of us that I really uh, appreciate is there you could choose how much or how little um, you want to participate based off of what's comfortable for you and also based off of what's possible. So um, there's, of course, you know, the online surveys that you can take that could be done, you know, anywhere that you have an animal connection. But if you choose, um, what I was mentioning before, where if you want to say, go to University of California, Irvine, provide biological samples. So that would be, you know, blood, urine, saliva. You can choose to do that. If you choose not to, there's absolutely no pressure. It's a decision that's made only by you. But Mm -hmm. if you choose to do that, you can also choose to get um, some uh, genetic reports back. That's all at no cost. So you could get a, dna um around your ancestry um you can also get reports about what are some diseases that you might be at higher risk for mm-hmm. and that's something where you would connect with your local organ health provider organization to be able to do that work so we have health provider organizations throughout the midwest throughout the south throughout the so east coast the will so be- really open
0: the benefits are more far-reaching than a 25 dollar gift card from <laughs> that you get yes, from, yes. the twenty five dollars
1: part is great. It is great, yes. but um you know and, and that's you know after you provide your biological samples, but um, you know, myself yeah. because I work for the program, but I'm also a participant myself. Me too. And, um, uh, oh, great. Thank you so much for being a participant. Um, and I agree. For me, I mean, yes, I loved to go to Target and spend that $25 <laughs> gift card. I got some you know, got some cool uh, kitchen, kitchen supplies. But for me, I'm super excited. I only just recently um, provided my biological samples. And so I'm still waiting for that DNA report. I'm still waiting for that, but it'll be coming soon that for me really the value that you know kind of motivated me in addition to of course there's the altruistic I want to make sure that the communities I'm a part of are represented LGBTQ communities mm-hmm. I'm also Filipino I know we're underrepresented in research I want to make sure that the communities I'm a part of the generations to come that hopefully by me providing this small piece of my health story it might help help improve their access to health care the health care they provide but the, the part that's more kind of personal is I want to get those ancestry reports I want to know some of the things around the health risks that maybe well, I, I am um, more more susceptible to. I hope it doesn't tell me uh, I, I know on the DNA reports they can also tell you are you more likely or not to like cilantro or not like cilantro? I already know I love cilantro so I'm really curious to see the fact it is. <laughs>
0: that would be interesting I and I, 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 I say that um, that you know, I, when I signed up, I, I only had to go once to do measurements. That's only uh, and, and, and do a urine sample. And uh, the rest uh, for the DNA is, is a kit they mail to you. It's just a, they, you do your saliva yeah. into a kit and you mail it back. And from that uh, kit, so it's really easy. It's one appointment that lasts probably maximum 10 minutes, you know, to take your measurements and, and uh, a urine sample. And then all that information goes in. But I think the number one leading reason, if you, you really want to get down to brass tacks, is that if you can look at your medical history and know what you might have a preponderance uh, to have happened to you medically, that's important because then you can be on guard for it and take the tests that uh, you know to verify that you're still healthy and, and nothing is is happening in those areas. And that's huge. That in itself, and it doesn't there's no cost to it. So why wouldn't anyone want to step up to this it is beyond me. And uh, the other thing I, b- I want to bring up when I talk about being able to take the tests and fill out the forms and all the, all the other th- the stuff that goes with it, which is not a lot. I don't want to make it sound like it's a, it's a big deal. It's not. I've done it. It's easy. If Daniel can do it and I can do it, then anyone can do it. Right? <laughs> so, but is that with KXFM, we, we have uh, this program will be on a podcast, and this podcast is shared for, forever. I guess I mean I have them; they're five years old. You know, I have, uh, yeah. and people can go back and listen to it, and it's a reference. So, you know, someone's wondering and has questions. Uh, that is another way for them to hear directly from you and uh, what's what it's all about. And people that are people like you and I that are both participating in the program. And if you are from the Midwest, and I do have, it's, it's amazing because we can see the, mid, the Internet traffic really clearly now. Being such a small station, doing the studies, the Arbitron ratings for um, the demographics for an FM radio station are very expensive to obtain. And when you're a small community radio, it's, it's really cost prohibitive. So we haven't had a lot of that information, but we have a, a great amount of information from uh, the Internet And being the culture in the world, being what it is today, so much of the Internet is such a big part of getting the word out across, especially with social media. And KXFM is ramping up their social media part of it, too. So I hope we're a great help to you. I hope that. I, well, I, I'm confident we will be, but that sounds a little arrogant. But, but no, then, I agree. Uh, we,
1: we really appreciate this opportunity because this is really, you know, how, and I think in particular in our LGBTQIA plus community, it's how we share information. It's through trusted sources. It's from in our community, yeah. right, from our own, you know, queer owned and operated radio to, you know, going to uh, the different social media accounts to going to the queer clubs and right. getting information it's like what you said you know uh that piece where um especially i think when it comes to healthcare, um lgbtq people have disproportionately experienced negative um uh, occurrences with healthcare. so wanting to you know through that community help to build and understand how we can both improve but also what are the opportunities that are out there
0: yeah i am um, i the f- <laughs> i just wanted to say get getting the word out um the uh, i know that this last well, one the august 12th we had our pride festival annual pride festival here and uh all of us was represented they had a a, a vendor booth there and i hope uh i i stopped by it was a very busy time for me because i'm very much sure. involved in that organization i'm pre- president did i say that yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> so i that, that it's a non-profit it's a 501c3 and no one is paid it's all volunteer so uh, i was so glad to see that uh, all of us was participating and that was that made me feel really good because i really really am behind what is going on here uh, i think uh, my computer science was my was my course when i was uh in college and i i i just foresaw i think a lot of things that would change as a result of the technology and they've a lot of them happen a lot to a great a greater extent of what i kind of thought might happen you know Uh, you know just with the cell phone and the smartphone in the last few years and how it's changed so many things And everything is documented now with everyone with their phones, taking pictures and such, but I go on. So I do think that uh, getting it on the radio and getting a podcast out there, these events that uh, go on here in Orange County with um, uh, the relationship that uh, we have with, um, well, there's a startup for a a, a LGBTQ chamber and uh, bringing... uh, lgbtq businesses together which is another way to spread the word um
1: yeah yeah yeah. it's really fantastic and as you're mentioning you know uh, i'm so glad that there was presence at the pride um, local to you actually later tonight i'm going to be at silicon valley pride doing the same thing that's ours here in san jose uh we also celebrate in august so you know Summer is pride. So tonight and tomorrow, I'm going to be out in the community tabling, letting them know about the All of Us research program because part of the ethos of the program is we want to meet community where they're at. So we can't expect that everyone that, you know, can be a participant of the program is going to already be connected to University of California, Irvine, or in our case, mm-hmm. already connected to Stanford. So we go out directly in the community, you know, to pride events, to different local nonprofits, and we do a variety of, you know, tabling, community engagement events. For me, that's the uh, such a rewarding part of the job.
0: Oh, absolutely. That's where
1: I get to hear directly from well, the community their <laughs> thoughts, you know people... Uh, rightfully so, right? There's skepticism being able to share what's all of us doing really to protect our data. Yeah. You know, how how is the National Institutes of Health actually really in, including LGBTQ voices in developing this program? So for me, I just love it because it's right there on the ground hearing what the community, the concerns, what they're excited about, um, helping to enroll if that's something that they decide to do. So I, I'm looking forward to it tonight, and I'm so glad that there was local presence um, and PrideNet. net what we do is we also travel across the country we have staff in the midwest staff in the south so we try to go to as many locations as possible
0: well i will be certain to have you on our list when we do we have something going on that i think would benefit uh, benefit this program and there are a lot of different things that are that are going on now just for, in case you have just tuned in, this is Craig on KXFM 104.7 Rainbow Radio here in Laguna Beach. And I am here with Daniel Moretti. He's an MSC, which I'm not sure what that means right now. and we're... Master
1: of science, master of science. Oh, okay.
0: All right. Uh, and he's uh, talking to us from San Jose this morning. Um, now, it would be an understatement to say you are a bit passionate about this. <laughs> and i so what what bowled you over daniel i want to know on a personal all of a sudden you said well i think i'm going to uh, pursue this because i think i i sense you you uh, find what you're doing very rewarding personally on a personal level
1: yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and I appreciate the question. I, I have kind of a funny a funny journey to have gotten to where I'm at. Um, oh, do share. <laughs> uh, my background, where I started in my undergraduate and for about 15 years, I was working in film. So I was doing more work when it came to community engagement with film, focused on LGBTQIA plus film through uh, here in San Francisco. We have the Frameline LGBTQ Film Festival. So I was doing different education. And community engagement, but all really where there's the through line is about story. I am such, for me, storytelling is really my passion. Um, Stories as an opportunity to connect people with each other. For me, like a little bit personal, it was story through film that helped me through my process of coming out when I was, you know, many, many years ago, uh, going to college and finding myself and not really having an LGBTQ community locally that I connected to. I found that community first through film, and that gave me the courage to then find that community in person. So I've always been driven about the power of story, how telling and, and also helping others to share their story, how that can make change in the world. And somehow, you know, I I worked in government for a little bit and then I found this way through Stanford where I was like, this is powerful storytelling through health and through data. And I feel like data is just a really powerful storyteller. And so that's really, you know, I think for me, what keeps me so passionate and driven is that this is an opportunity to tell my own story, but help others tell their own story in a way that hopefully for them feels empowering, but also is for a good cause, helping out our LGBTQ community.
0: See, you can't dismiss the data. You can dismiss rumors and half stories and half truths, but when the data uh, is there, it prevails. So uh, yeah, Yeah. that's the footings. That's the grounding part of it. So yeah, well, that's very interesting um, path and, and how you, you arrived where, where you are at. Um, Yeah,
1: if you would have asked, you know, um, teenage me uh, or even college me would never probably have guessed this future for me, but I I absolutely (laughs) love it. And I feel like that that whole kind of saying everything works out, you know, you kind of find your path and it's there. I I, I really enjoy it.
0: I never would have dreamed I would be on radio in a beach city in Southern California when I was 14 (laughs) years old. (laughs) I thought that was so would be so foreign in my world. So. You never know. I think you, a part of your life is, is self-exploration and you find things that... And I think that's so unfair when you're a young person. What are you going to be when you grow up? You know, you might be eight years old and, and already you're, you're you're being pressured to make a decision that about something you know very little about, you know. And Absolutely. in the process, you... I mean, that's why I, I always... I, I look at the UK and uh, when they have a gap year between yeah. university... And they're expected to travel and go somewhere. And I think taking that break and reflecting a little bit and kind of uh, it's a really healthy thing to do before you, yeah. And we don't do that here, you know. Um.
1: Kind of go, go, go. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. go,
0: go, go. It's, just, it's not, I think it's much much healthier to kind of decompress a little bit there before you, you know, maybe make some lifetime commitments that maybe later on you'd wish you'd spend a little more time with. So. That's a very important part. I admire you for your passion, uh, Daniel. I, I, and your excitement, I see it. It just exudes every, uh, exudes out of you right here, on, online, on KXFM. Um, so this program, tell me a, a little bit more about it. I don't want to go too deep into the weeds, but it's, it took how long did it take to get half a million uh, people?
1: yeah yeah um so we did uh the program is celebrating its fifth year so 2018 is when it first opened for enrollment um it was created under the obama administration in 2015 you know took some years to make sure that every all the partners were in place Stanford and PrideNet, we were a partner since 2017, so before they even started to enroll participants, we were reviewing all the modules, making sure that it was LGBTQIA plus inclusive, so questions about sexual orientation, gender identity, making sure that it wasn't a check one box that wasn't you know a binary option so the, the program really you know took great care to roll out in a way that hopefully was culturally sensitive for our entire communities and so mm-hmm. yeah we're now in the fifth year about the halfway mark um and definitely you know i, I think uh, as we say a million we're now saying a million or more oh. so <laughs> i think i think if we uh you know always 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 overachievers you know with uh uh with within science um but I think you know the other thing that's really important is we want to make sure that with that a million people is that we have those who are underrepresented, you know, even more represented. Um, uh, on, we have an LGBTQ website for the All of Us program, and we keep updated of all of the participants how many identify as LGBTQ plus, and right now it's um, about a little bit under ten percent that identify as LGBTQ plus. Which for us we think is really great because when you look at national studies yeah. it's about you know, maybe seven percent is what they estimate as part of the population okay. uh, but it's really important because we want to make sure that we don't just meet that status quo we keep you know keep making sure that lgbtqi plus people are counted you know communities of colors are, are are also overrepresented people living with disabilities so we really want to make sure with that million or more that we're really reaching those folks
0: you know, um, I I have a rainbow, uh, radio.org, rainbowradio.org, radioorg website, and uh, if you you have my contact information, I believe, yeah. So if you want to send me some links to a couple different resources, including the page for the LGBTQ and all, in all of us, uh, as well as um, your organization, uh, PrideNet. Uh, yeah. I, I would be happy to post that on there on the page and uh, get more of the word out in the community. That would be great. Yeah.
1: Oh, thank you so much. That's very kind. I'll definitely be following up on that. And yeah. the great thing is, so for anyone that's tuning in, If you are in the Laguna Beach area, if you go to allofus.health.uci.edu, I know that's a mouthful, (laughs) allofus.health.uci.edu, that will let you know all about the All of Us program at UCI. But if you're, say, tuning in from the Midwest or, you know, anywhere else in the country outside of the uh, Orange County area, if you go to joinallofus.org slash lgbtqia then you'll get to the main lgbtq page where then you'll be able to f- figure out who your local health provider organization is and be able to you know get you connected that way as
0: well. or in a few days you can go to rainbow-radio.org and i have all that information for you perfect
1: even better <laughs> that's a much shorter url than all yeah. the
0: dot, dot. you've never <laughs> heard of tiny urls yet
1: we do, we do, but you know, no, um, okay. I know so we should be using those more.
0: <laughs> so, and I, I, can, I can be a testament to the process. It is a very simple process. Uh, give, your, give yourself about uh, 20 minutes, a half hour to answer a lot of the questions and how, you may have some information. I know um, one thing which I thought technology was really interesting is if you use a uh, Fitbit yeah. And you have uh, you're subscribed to it, and you keep track your information, your steps during the day, and uh, you maybe you, you track your weight on it, and, and your food items, and whatever. They would like to have that information as well, and all you have to do is is log on and give them the access to it, and they'll pull it from the internet. It's it's easy. You don't you don't worry about. It. So every time you put your, it's amazing to think. You put your watch on, and your all your data from your heart rate to your number of steps you're taking. That data is now being used and analyzed for a better health, healthy world, and a better, a medical, I guess, uh, targeted uh, responses to uh, medical issues, uh, which is really important. You know, I remember my dad when my dad had leukemia, and, and it finally. He died from it, but he went through many years of of surviving. And leukemia, I, I learned the treatment for it is just—it's like the shotgun effect. They 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 really try to kill you, and hopefully hope in the process that what comes back is healthy. And I mean that's just kind of the way it, it works, you know. And so, and and I always thought about that. And why can't they, if they know the can identify the particular type of leukemia that it is and how it functions in the, on a cellular level why can't they design a response to it that is designed uh, that is targeted you know and I, and so i think hopefully we can get to that maybe through this program you know so.
1: Definitely, definitely some aspirations. And um, as you're kind of bringing up, you know, different health conditions, different, you know, research that hopefully, you know, with all of us data might help to create better health treatments is that all of us makes available all of the studies that are being done with the data makes it publicly available and makes it very easy to search so you're able to through the all of us website if there's a particular health condition you're interested in and wanting to see is my data helping to contribute to studies that might you know better uh, provide treatments you can search so for example cancer or leukemia you can also search by community so for example, I am very frequently, maybe if not daily, searching in that database to see what are the new LGBTQIA plus research that's being done. Um, and it's it's really, it's really powerful to see, you know, both the research that's already been published, but also it shows research that's being done in real time. Um, so for example, you know, there's a research that was looking at what are some of the common health conditions among LGBTQ participants um, in the all of us data. Um, what what is the experience of Reality or physical being a, physically being delicate or weak among LGBTQ older adults as it compares to their heterosexual and cisgender counterparts. Yeah. So there's really interesting research that's being done, and for me as a participant, it feels really I think empowering and rewarding to know my data likely you know helped to contribute to the study that's being done as well. <laughs>
0: So beyond the $25 gift card and all the yeah, medical yeah. information that you will get to, that's life-saving likely, you also have that, that good feeling that you're making a contribution to many others in the process. I mean, what more could you do? And it's all free. I mean, oh, my gosh. <clears throat> That's you, the bargain you are of the
1: century. All of us, champion and ambassador, I, I, you're doing yeah. my job better than I could ever do. Just championing the program, I, I appreciate
0: it. Well, I have the the uh, the advantage of objectivity from looking from the outside in and seeing what's going on. And my background speaks to just exactly what's going on. I I can see it, and because uh, yeah, of my education and my background, i i I can't say uh, I can't say how important this is, and. This way, this method—I don't know who came up with it—but this method of um, pulling all this data together in something meaningful is is huge. I think it solves will solve many more problems than what we perhaps first thought it might solve, uh, and we'll see more clearly a lot more things that we never dreamed we could uh, really see or envision in the future. It's it's a journey, it's a path, and it's happening right here, right here on KXFM, and. All of us with Daniel Moretti. Is there anything I am not, I'm, I'm leaving out here, Daniel? That you that you can think of? You want to want to shout out to your brothers and sisters or anyone in.
1: Oh, yeah, you know, um, one thing, so shout out to all the PrideNet staff. um, So uh, lots of love to them. One thing I did want to share is, in addition, so PrideNet is the kind of uh, our community engagement team that's doing work to connect LGBTQ people with health research. All of us as one program we are supporting through the National Institutes of Health. I
0: wondered about that.
1: The Pride Study. Um, So Pride Study is... Um, we're also supporting. That's also uh, run by Stanford, so founded by LGBTQIA plus doctors and researchers for the LGBTQ community. And that that research study is also, it's the similar concept in terms of gathering data from um, thousands of people across the country. It's focused on online surveys, but this is 100% focused on LGBTQIA plus health. Um, and so there's more information about that, pridestudy.org. There's um, more than 40 publications that we've had that talk about all wow. different findings for LGBTQI plus community. And it's not all about health disparities. There's also a really great study that is lifting up what are some of the strengths in our community? What are the areas that our community finds resilience and joy so that hopefully we can have more resources funded that support that? So that's another... You you know, study effort that we're um, um, uh, supporting and just another opportunity if folks are interested that are identify as LGBTQ plus also 18 or older, if they also want to participate in the PRIDE study, that's focused on online surveys. You could do it anywhere. Again, U.S. or its territories where you have an internet connection. Um, Just wanted to also plug that because there's really great resources in particular for this audience and for our community.
0: Maybe, maybe the LGBTQ community will step forward enough that we can save the world. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, mean, I believe it. I, I believe you it. You never know. I, I got I to talk about it. I look at the news. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. I look at the news, and there was a news article out of Russia. This is kind of plays. It says, Putin advises the U.S. is using brainwashing to make gray, u- gay Ukrainian super soldiers. So wow. they're using the gays to make Ukrainian super soldiers because the gays know you know, right, we got those superpower. Uh, we man. got the superpower. <laughs> that's coming from Putin. I'm going. Oh my God, I didn't yeah. know we had that yeah. kind of superpower. But talk about I, a headline with
1: that. I, line, I mean,
0: that, that's quite a headline. And a, another uh, headline that I I I didn't know exactly how to to bring this, but I'm going to bring it with you on the air because I think it's it's relative to what we're talking about and what we're we're sharing here. Uh, is the tragedy that happened uh, this last week up in L.A. Um, in a suburb of L.A. with? Um,
1: oh yeah.
0: Yeah. I have to get my my sheet on it here, but um.
1: Was it the shop owner with the Yes. Pipe
0: yes, and I, what I want to say is, so often the LGBT community has been um, pushed aside and and villainized, especially, it seems, with the climate today, with the uh, uh, politics and everything. But even with that, even with that, there's a multitude of wonderful, um, what I would call, I don't want to say affiliate, but straight people that support us. Yeah. And this person was one of those. And I think we, as a gay community have a responsibility to be reciprocal, to say thank you. Thank you for being understanding. Thank you for giving us your love. Thank you for sharing your thoughts, and thank you for your support because we would be marginalized and we would be cast out. We would be pushed aside if it weren't for the allies that we have with a great many people that believe that it's the right thing. And it just breaks my heart, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to cry, but it breaks my heart that this woman felt so strongly that that was an important part of her life, that she stood her ground over and over again, and for that she paid the ultimate price. It's, it's just horrible. And um, it, I don't know, she had seven kids, uh, uh, she's 65, Laura and they called her Laurie, Carleton was shot because she had a rainbow flag in the front of her store. For no other reason, and someone didn't like it and provoked an argument with her, at which they got more angry. She stood her ground, they got more angry, and they shot and killed her at her store. It's just, you know devastating. So, yeah. Devastating. So I I think we need as a community, and I, Daniel, I don't know what to do. I want, I wanted, as a radio station, I want to say, what can we do to say thank you? What can yeah. we, you know? I
1: think what you're doing now, you know, speaking. Uh lori's name sharing her story and i think lori exemplifies what it means to be an ally ally is a verb it's an action you're being it's an active rule it's not a just it's not an adjective right and lori really represented that and i think you know uh by by sharing her story and us you know really lifting up and amplifying and not forgetting her story right not letting it become just another headline well
0: thank you for that i I think more than words, she was an activist as well. i mean she she didn't just talk about it she was she she did you know she uh, uh from everything i I have a friend up in l a Mario who um, knew had met her a couple of times and was familiar. She had more than one store and knew that she was very um supportive and a very strong ally. And there are some very strong allies out there. I mean, I had a, a family here. I interviewed one of the, um, a whole family, and they had a gay son, uh, Nav- Navaretti, um, and um, the mom was running for a school board position, and she brought her whole family together uh, with their gay son, and it, I, it brought tears to my eyes that they were wanted to be on a, a LGBTQ program with their gay son. And they wanted to be that to be much a part of the school, as they felt it, in education it was a very important part. And then we look at places where they want to take that out of the vernacular and and limit the education about it. It just breaks my heart. But anyway, it was a very emotional moment for me as well to see uh, that whole family as an ally, you know. And uh, that
1: support, right, that very public display of yeah. support. And very. their
0: son, I just I love him to death, and he has an interracial male husband now, which I think is wonderful. I mean, they're crossing all the barriers they can. And I just think, uh, what a wonderful, and so many, so many kids out there don't have that, you know? And, um, you know, so I'm, we're really getting kind of off the point here with, with what our your work is before us. But I think it all plays, All related,
1: all related. Yeah. It's LGBTQ health, right? It's the health of our community. It's, it's definitely important.
0: Yeah. So I'm so glad you agree. And uh, I don't know what else to say here. I do have some guests. Maybe they want to say a few words they're welcome to. Um, the... Um, did did I miss anything, Daniel? You think? No,
1: not on my end. <laughs> I mean, if anything, you, you added more than I ever could have imagined. You know, really sharing more about like what are what are the you know the the main components for the All of Us research program. What are the benefits both for the community and for yourself? So hopefully, you know, you uh, everyone that's listening, if yeah. you have questions, we'll have that contact information on the Radio Rainbow website. Well- we we su- love to get in contact with communities so uh, i suppose and- this
0: data will be shared with the world health organization on uh, internationally right
1: so um the right now we are uh, for the um all of Us Research Program, research institutions that want to conduct research with the studies, they have to uh, sign an agreement with all of us, go through certain training. Currently, it's focused on U.S. institutions, So, but the research can be shared internationally, of course. Okay. Um, but right now, it's U.S.-based institutions that have an agreement, U.S. and its territories, that are conducting research with the data.
0: Okay, but, th- but they can share their results globally.
1: Exactly. Yeah, the, the results are being shared globally. They're being published in, you know, some of the best international journals. So, right now, it's it's U.S. institutions doing the research, but being shared globally.
0: Yeah, okay. I always think of the rest of the world. I mean, you know, we sometimes forget there's a lot more yeah. out there. than we're going to vacuum, uh, right? <laughs> yes. It's
1: be a global effort, so for yeah. sure.
0: Well, I'm about out of time. I got uh, time to kind of wrap up here with a few things. Daniel, I so appreciate you coming on this morning. It has been a breath of fresh air, uh, a breath of fresh air, whatever. And, <laughs> and I hope you don't, I hope your feet are, are co- wear comfortable shoes this afternoon, you know.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I, I will take that advice because I'm going to, I definitely will be on my feet a lot. Stay but, hydrated.
0: Sorry. Thank you, thank you. Thank and I'm not you your mother, but I care. Okay.
1: <laughs> I appreciate the support. I appreciate the support, and really appreciate this opportunity. Um, and really, uh, just I'm very grateful for all of your support. Oh no, thank you, all of thank you, and our community. So thank I will.
0: You. I'll look for your communication so I can post it, and I will also reciprocate with the uh, the podcast so you can share that amongst your folks if you feel. It's, yes, we definitely will. Uh, yeah. All right. Thanks for tuning in this morning. Thank Thank you so
1: much. Have a great weekend.
0: All right, you too. I'm going to get on here. Thanks for tuning in, KXFM 104.7. This is Craig and Rainbow Radio here every Saturday, 9 a.m. to to 10 a.m. And I just have time to say thank you for everyone for tuning in. I will be back next week. I do not have a guest, so you're just going to be stuck with me unless, you know, someone dials in who's really exciting. But no one can top Daniel, so I don't know. (laughs) That's a tall order. KXFM 104 points. I'm going to take you out, take you out with a, uh, a classic song here. What is it? <laughs> oh, uh, it's, it's, a good, it's a good one. Thanks again. And we'll see you again next week. Same place, same station. Have a wonderful weekend. It's a beautiful beach day if you're interested.
1: I feel the
0: rush. Trey Sivan. He's He's great. <laughs> Ida Mae's is going to be here.